we need to talk about the rule of law. A podcast by Verfassungsblock and Deutscher Anwaltsverein. Welcome back to the second episode of Defending the Defenders, a podcast by Deutscher Anwaltverein and Verfassungsblock and a follow-up to our We Need to Talk About the Rule of Law series. Today, we look at the situation of lawyers and human rights defenders in Belarus with Dmitry Laevsky, a human rights lawyer from Belarus, who has been the target of intense repressions by the government after he defended political dissidents in court. Dmitry takes us through every aspect of governmental attacks on lawyers in Belarus, ranging from examinations, disbarment, to imprisonment. Mitri, thank you very much for being here today. Maybe we can start by you describing your work and the situation of legal practice in Belarus for the last decade leading up to the presidential elections in 2020. I'm Mitri Laevsky, a human rights lawyer from Belarus, and previously I was a managing partner of the Attorney's Bureau and specialized in criminal defense in the field of business. And uh, in June 2020, I accepted uh, the defense of Viktor Babarika, uh, the main opponent of the authorities in the upcoming presidential elections. Uh, and uh, other high-profile cases uh, were added uh, to this later, including uh, the defense of attorneys. Uh, then we managed to assemble a good team of lawyers for this and uh, we did our work in a way that no one had done before in Belarus. I mean uh, very inconvenient for the authorities and very public and uh, that's why all of us were eventually deprived of our attorney licenses and uh, my attorney's bureau and other bureaus were liquidated and all the major Belarusians media that covered high-profile cases and protests were declared extremists and liquidated, and some journalists were imprisoned. But uh, together with my colleagues, uh, I continue the work started in 2020 for the independence of the uh, legal profession uh, and the rule of law. And uh, for more than two years, uh, Belarus has been in a state of uh, political crisis, legal default, and uh, mass um, repressions. But I believe that uh, the dark times always end. Uh, that's why I do law. And uh, what about your question? Uh, I uh, First, I will clarify one uh, important point for understanding regarding the types of legal practice in Belarus. Um, apart from uh, full-time lawyers uh, in ordinary business entities, there are two types of uh, legal practice uh, in Belarus. They are regulated in different ways and uh, the degree of state intervention uh, in them is different. Uh, firstly, uh, practice on the basis of a license for legal services. Mm -hmm. Such lawyers can only deal with legal support of businesses, but uh, they cannot represent clients in courts. Mm, let's call them business lawyers. And, uh, and the uh, second group, uh, uh, second way, uh, this is practice on the basis of a license uh, for advocacy. Uh, in this case, uh, the lawyer must become a member of the bar 
uh, and can provide any legal assistance to any clients, including uh, representing them uh, in any course and defending in criminal cases. Uh, these are attorneys, and we will talk uh, about them. And um, at the beginning of uh, 2020, um, there were slightly more than uh, 2,000 uh, attorneys per uh, 9.5 million people in Belarus. Uh, this number is important um, in order to better understand the scope of the repression, uh, which I think we will talk uh, about later. So in practice, until uh, 2020, there were many obstacles to advocacy. There were cases of violation of the professional rights of attorneys. There were cases of um, repressions against attorneys, mainly in connection with political campaigns in the country and uh, concerned uh, those attorneys who defended uh, public and uh, political activists. But but it didn't even get close to such a scale as it did in 2020. Um, at the same time, in cases uh, that are not directly related to the political, public, human rights, journalistic activities of clients, it was often uh, even possible to defend the rights of the client. Uh, for example, my criminal defense practice in the business sector has been successful, uh, although uh, this required uh, inhuman efforts uh, from the lawyer and the combination of all a lot of different factors. But I want to emphasize uh, that the problem uh, was not so much in the defects in the status of uh, the attorney, but in the absence of the rule of law and the shortcomings of the judicial system. And what changed in 2020? In 2020, uh, after the presidential elections, uh, the most massive protests in the history of Belarus took place. And in response to this, the authorities launched terrible repressions against civil society, which led, uh, among other things, uh, to the destruction of the bar and legal profession in Belarus. However, uh, it cannot be said uh, that it was in 2020 uh, that the reasons arose that destroyed the bar and other institutions of the state. Um, because the uh, systematic problem problems um, with the independence of the legal profession were laid down a long uh, time ago, long before the presidential uh, elections in 2020. It's just uh, that in the period from uh, 2020 to 2022, uh, they worsened and led to uh, disastrous uh, results for society. Uh, but uh, uh, first of all, um, uh, such a legislative uh, framework for the bar was uh, gradually formed, which contradicted its principles and essence. And the practice of total control of the bar uh, and attorneys by the state uh, was uh, created. Uh, in particular, at the end of uh, 2011, 
uh, a new law on the bar and advocacy in the Republic of Belarus was adopted. Uh, this law, uh, for the first time in Belarus, provided that an attorney can practice not only in a legal advice office, which uh, was created by a bar association, but also individually or in uh, attorney's bureau. Uh, the possibility of uh, creation um, attorney's bureaus uh, and individual practice was uh, perceived positively by many of attorneys and they began to practice in uh, such forms. Uh, it really uh, was progressive and uh, gave attorneys more opportunities, uh, both for organizing the provision of legal assistance and for self-realization and for earnings. And this law uh, declared the independence of attorney and the independence of the bar uh, and a number of guarantees for advocacy. But at the same time, the law spelled out the broadest powers of the Minister of Justice, both in relation to attorneys and to bar association. Uh, I have already mentioned that uh, we have uh, two mandatory conditions for the attorney practice uh, to obtain a license and uh, to become a member uh, of the bar. Uh, so according to the law on advocacy, the license is issued by the Ministry of Justice, which can also take away the license. As for the bar associations, uh, they gradually came under the full control of the Ministry of Justice. What made it possible uh, to take control uh, of the bar associations? Uh, the main questions. Uh, according to the law on advocacy, uh, the Ministry of Justice uh, as a licensing uh, authority was empowered to initiate disciplinary proceedings against the attorneys and remove the attorneys from the practice of law, to conduct an extraordinary attestation of attorneys, to terminate uh, the licenses uh, for advocacy and to conduct inspections of the activities of attorneys. What are these extraordinary attestations like? Extraordinary attestation uh, is uh, such a procedure during which a lawyer can be subjected to a sudden examination in the field of law with an unlimited range of questions uh, throughout the legislation. Uh, I mean, employees of the ministry may even require, require quoting the norms of the law from the area in which the lawyer does not specialize. And thus, uh, any, profession, uh, any professional uh, can be declared uh, underqualified and his license terminated. Uh, that is, I did not name everything, but only uh, these four powers of the ministry in relations to attorneys. Mm. But this is enough. Uh, this means that uh, with such powers of the state, every attorney faces a choice. Uh, either you act independently, uh, but risk losing your license, or you act with an eye on the ministry. Uh, the same applies uh, to those attorneys uh, who make up uh, the bodies of the bar associations. 
this is how the mentioned powers of the ministry made the bar associations uh, dependent on the state. Uh, again, long before 2020. Uh, but then, uh, when such broad powers of the government were written into the law, both in uh, 2011 and uh, in the previous law, uh, this uh, did not receive a proper reaction from the bar. Uh, this was our mistake. And when the political crisis flared up in the country in 2020, um, and the authorities wanted to suppress the activity and public uh, rhetoric of attorneys, it was already too late. Uh, the bar associations uh, took the side of the authorities and did not protect attorneys and the independence of the profession. I think uh, we will talk more about this a little bit later. But I want to draw attention to the fact uh, that uh, when uh, discussing the situation with the bar, one should not consider the um, uh, consider only the characteristic of the bar in isolation from uh, other institutions uh, of the state. Uh, after all, uh, if lawyers could rely on an independent and competent judiciary, uh, uh, then may. Uh, then many repressions uh, against the legal profession would simply be impossible. Uh, they would not happen. Uh, we could defend ourselves uh, against many attacks by referring to international human rights standards. And if there is no independent judiciary, uh, then you cannot protect yourself from arbitrary disbarment, intimidation, or even arbitrary uh, detention. Uh, and uh, those who want to carry out uh, reprisals understand this and the understanding of impunity increases their readiness to carry out repressions. And so to circle back a bit, would you say that before 2020 there was still some independence remaining in the judicial system in Belarus? Of course, by 2020, there were still some people in the judicial system who had uh, sufficient qualifications and were capable uh, of making an independent, uh, judici um, independent decision. Um, but uh, this uh, was not provided at the uh, system level. Uh, in general, uh, there is... A uh, this is a separate issue, but um, I'll just point out one uh, fact. Can the independence of the uh, judiciary be considered if uh, the president of the state has the power to remove any judge? You understand, yes. Um, so as a result, uh, in the situation after the 2020 elections, Attorneys did not have protection not only from the bar association dependent on the authorities, but also did not uh, have protection from the courts. And yet, uh, answering your question, uh, I want to remind that uh, if such an instrument uh, of change of power as elections does not work, then uh, in this case, the moods of people, their needs their ex uh, expectations uh, gradually lose their significance. 
the authorities is to listen to all this as a source of their obligations. And the same uh, happened with respect to the voices of attorneys. Uh, that is, at first we lost the independence of the judiciary in small steps at the legislative level. Along with this, the president received absolute power and then already at the level of legislation, there was a restriction of the independence of the bar. Therefore, the problems of the Belarusian bar are not only in the powers of the state in relation to the bar and attorneys. This is also about an independent court, independent judiciary, yeah, and about the turnover of uh, executive power. And this is a great lesson for both Belarusians and everyone who is interested in the experience of the Belarusian bar. Uh, because I think... Um, for human rights, for the rule of law, for an independent judiciary, for the independence of the bar, uh, should be fought as soon as um, as soon as uh, there are the slightest risks to these values. Otherwise, it will be very difficult. Later. You've talked about repressions against lawyers in recent years already for a bit. Can you tell us a little bit more about what dangers attorneys face in Belarus at the moment when they choose not to practice? with an eye on the ministry, as you said. Of course, uh, it all started with a violation uh, of the professional rights of attorneys. Uh, in the spring of 2020, even before the appointment uh, of the presidential election, uh, there were massive violations of the professional rights of attorneys. First of all, I mean the denial of admission to the defendants in detention centers as well as violation of the confidentiality of communication with their defendants in places of detention. The authority explained this by anti-COVID measures, but although these were simply arbitrary violations of people's rights. Um, shortly after the start of the election campaign, uh, in May and uh, June of 2020, uh, Viktor Boparik and Sergei Tikhanovsky, the main opponents of the then president, uh, president were detained. Uh, in fact, uh, that was already the beginning of mass repressions. And then, uh, to the already mentioned uh, violations of the professional rights of lawyers, uh, a widespread practice was added when the authority arbitrarily demanded that lawyers give written obligation not to disclose the data of the preliminary investigation. And any information was brought under non-disclosure obligations, even the numbers of articles of the criminal court that are charged with the person, um, the place of his detention in custody, uh, the name of investigator and the like. Uh, this was done to prevent attorneys from speaking publicly about violations of the rights of clients. And after the elections day on uh, the 9th of August in 2020, violations of the rights to defense of people detained in uh, connection with protests or an election campaign in summer and autumn of 2020, as well as uh, conveyor courts in detention center uh, based on the testimony of police officers, as well as uh, refusals of investigate uh, 
allegations of torture in regarding the detained people. Uh, and autumn in 2020 is the beginning of a campaign of repression against the bar, which has not stopped until now. Uh, that is since the autumn of 2020, we have already dealt not only with catastrophic obstacles, uh, the enjoy, uh, enjoyment of uh, professional rights, but also uh, specifically uh, with repressions for advocacy. Uh, what are the aims of repressions uh, against the bar? First, uh, to deprive uh, certain attorneys of the right to a profession and the opportunity to defend. Uh, also, to punish uh, specific attorneys um, for defending political opponents of the authorities. Also, uh, to have an impact on the legal community as a whole and uh, to put pressure on political prisoners who are left without uh, the help of their attorneys. Uh, and uh, in September, uh, in September of 2020, Maxim Znak was wrongfully arrested and prosecuted. Uh, Maxim is an outstanding lawyer, outstanding person. He was a managing partner of a well-known attorney's bureau in Belarus. And at the end of May uh, in 2020, uh, he came uh, as a volunteer uh, to the election headquarters of Viktor Babarika. And uh, in this headquarters, he headed the legal direction. Uh, thanks to Maxim, uh, Viktor Babarika was able to continue his uh, political campaign even after he was arrested uh, in June 2020. And uh, Maxim represented his interest in the uh, Central Electoral Commission, conducted public uh, online explanations of the electoral uh, legislation, appealed uh, the officially announced result of the presidential election uh, to the Supreme Court. Uh, by the way, uh, the court then simply refused to consider this case. Um, in general, Maxim uh, did a lot of uh, impressive uh, legal actions uh, in a few months, uh, which lawyers had not done before him in Belarus. And uh, for this, he was imprisoned. Uh, it was in autumn uh, of 2020. And he was accused of uh, publicly uh, calling for um, actions uh, aimed at uh, harming national security. And then he was also accused uh, of uh, creating an extremist group and um, conspiring to seize state power. Uh, all these uh, are absolutely groundless and absurd uh, acquisitions. They are completely fairy tales. Um, I defended Maxim and uh, I know this criminal case. Um, and it's uh, obvious that the persecution of Maxim Znak and the other lawyers was a way of intimidating lawyers and society as a whole. Uh, also, uh, in autumn of 2020, arbitrarily administrati administrative uh, detentions of lawyers began. So what were the reasons given for these detentions? The reasons was uh, 
disobedience to police demands, uh, participation in uh, unauthorized mass events uh, and uh, distribution of materials uh, that were declared extremists. And uh, first such case was uh, the arrest of uh, attorney Ludmila Znak, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ludmila Kazak, uh, who uh, defended opposition activist Maria Kolesnikova. Uh, unfortunately, since uh, then, uh, there have been many administrative detentions of attorneys. Um, but the most widespread form of uh, repression uh, has been arbitrary disbarments. Uh, this was done in three ways. Uh, the first, uh, through the um, deprivation of attorney's license by the Ministry of Justice. Uh, second, uh, when the Ministry of Justice conducts uh, an attestation of attorney at which a decision is made about the insufficient qualifications of a lawyer, after which his license is also terminated. I already told you about uh, attestation. And third, uh, when attorney is expelled from the bar association, uh, and uh, this procedure is not uh, independent because bar associations are dependent on the state, uh, as I already mentioned, uh, and then the Ministry of Justice terminates the lawyer's license. Uh, these uh, three methods differ in procedure, uh, but uh, in the realities of Belarus in uh, 2020 and 2021, 2022, uh, the essence of these methods is the same, uh, to deprive uh, the lawyer uh, of the status of attorney, and in all cases, the customer is the same, uh, I mean, uh, the state. And on what grounds did these disbarments happen? In the autumn of 2020, um, it began with cases of uh, disbarment for speaking out in the media, on legal issues. But by uh, the summer of 2021, uh, it gradually came uh, to the deprivation of status of uh, attorney for public statements about uh, violation of the rights of uh, client, for uh, procedural, procedural uh, polemics with the investigated uh, investigator, or for making a speech uh, in the courtroom. Well, so you get disbarred for performing a task at the very heart of your job. For example, in July uh, of 2021, I was expelled from the bar and then deprived of my license for a defense speech in the court, uh, in which I asked the court to acquit, acquit the defendants in the criminal case against my client, Victor Bubarica, uh, due to the absence of a crime in their actions and the unlawfulness of the accusation uh, by the State uh, Security Committee. Uh, it's uh, important to understand um, that uh, in Belarus, uh, the deprivation of attorney status uh, is a ban on the profession. Uh, you lose the right to practice not only in the area in which you specialized, uh, for example, in the field of business protection. Uh, often uh, the deprivation of uh, attorney status leads to the fact that it's impossible or very difficult to get a job anywhere at all. 
that is this is a very serious punishment. Uh, it's comparable to a criminal punishment. So, and the risk of losing the status of attorney quickly led to the creation of a, an atmosphere uh, where not all, but uh, many attorneys began to refuse uh, to conduct politically sensitive cases and defend politicians, activists, human rights activists and journalists. So uh, in the spring of 2021, as a response uh, to the manifestation of an active position and independence by lawyers, uh, the authorities initiated a change in the law on the bar. Uh, such organizational forms of legal practice as attorney bureau and individual practice were removed from the law. Uh, and um, attempts by lawyers to resist uh, the adoption of such uh, changes were suppressed. Uh, we were unable to influence the situation. Uh, and as a result, in the autumn of 2021, uh, about 100 attorney bureaus and almost uh, 400 of individual attorneys uh, were forced to stop their activities uh, in these forms. Uh, some of uh, these attorneys uh, have moved to practice uh, in legal offices which are created by the Bar Association. Um, that is based on, uh, on the new regulation. Attorneys can practice only in uh, legal offices of the Bar Associations under the supervision of the head of the office who is appointed in agreement with the Ministry of Justice. Uh, this uh, head uh, controls not only the professional activities of lawyers, but also their statements, public statements, and even their profiles in social networks. Uh, it's like in the book of Orwell. Yeah. Uh, therefore, by the end of 2021, more than uh, more than uh, 250 attorneys themselves refused to be an attorney, uh, considering it impossible to practice under the current uh, conditions. And uh, in uh, the spring of 2022, after the start of the war between Russia and Ukraine, a number of attorneys uh, publicly made um, an anti-war statement. And even for this, uh, even for this statement for peace, they were subjected to disciplinary uh, responsibility. Uh, moreover, uh, in connection with this, uh, one attorney, Alexander Danielevich, uh, was dismissed from his position as a lecturer at the university. Uh, so in 2022, uh, there was a new wave of administrative arrests of attorneys. Uh, and criminal prosecutions. Uh, lawyers such, uh, such as Alexander Danilevich, Vitaly Braginets, Andrei Machalov, Anastasia Lazarenka, and others were prosecuted. And now it began to happen unpredictably, and it's no longer possible to trace uh, the logic of uh, these arrests. 
So this is the reality. And um, the decisions of international bodies do not influence the behavior of the authorities of Belarus. For example, um, in April uh, 2022, uh, the United Nations Working Group on Arbitrary Detention approved opinion uh, regarding Maxim Znak. His imprisonment was recognized as arbitrary, having no legal basis uh, carried out for the peaceful exercise of his rights based on discrimination. The working group decides, uh, decided uh, that Maxim Znak should be released immediately and uh, the authorities of Belarus ignored uh, this decision. Um, by and large, the state has long established an ideology based on the denial of the universal role of human rights and directly calling for a refusal to comply with international principles and standards. Uh, at the same time, as you can see, attorneys are identified with clients on the basis of political opinions, are punished and uh, deprived of their licenses for expressing their opinion, uh, which undermines their professional uh, immunity. So, uh, simultaneously with the deprivation of attorneys' licenses and arrests, uh, repressions against the legal profession are acquiring new and new forms. For example, in September of 2022, uh, the lawyer's Telegram chat uh, was declared extremist organization. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's true. Uh, as I have already noted, uh, Belarusian lawyers are deprived of uh, protection against this violation, both from the bar associations and from state bodies and courts, which ignore claims of violations of generally recognized principle of law and human rights standards. Bottom line, uh, in the period from 2020 to 2022, more than 10 attorneys were subjected to criminal uh, prosecution. Even more attorneys were subjected to administrative detentions. Uh, more than uh, 70 attorneys were deprived of uh, their licenses. More than 250 attorneys, which is 20%, uh, sorry, 12% uh, of the total, uh, refused to be bar members, not considering it possible uh, continue to practice under such conditions. As a result, many political prisoners were left uh, without the help of lawyers of their choice. Uh, today, uh, there are less than uh, 1,800 attorneys in the country. That is uh, less than one attorney per 5,000 people. Today, is, it's difficult to find uh, an attorney in Belarus, especially for defense in politically motivated cases. And they work uh, in uh, conditions of lack of independence, repressions, uh, uh, constant risk of deprivation of license, catastrophic violation of professional rights. And this is a very brief description of the situation. When did you start to feel that the rule of law really is no longer existent in Belarus? Um, how has your 
perception of that changed since you started training as a lawyer in university? And when was the point that you noticed now there no longer is, is, uh, is the, uh, any rule of law to, to speak about? Uh, I think uh, the, uh, the normal situation is uh, when you understand uh, uh, the deep sense of these words at the university. But, but uh, in our, um, in our uh, high education in Belarus, uh, we, we have uh, uh, some uh, problems uh, uh, the main problem is that uh, sometimes uh, you study law and uh, do it uh, a little bit mechanically. Uh, sometimes you uh, you know some words like rule of law and so on, and and you don't feel the sense. And uh, during last two years uh, in Belarus, uh, when I saw uh, when I saw all sufferings of my people uh, and when I saw uh, <laughs> these uh, uh, trials without without law and uh, arrests and so on uh, so I, I understood that now uh, this is the moment when I really understand the sense uh, the sense of my profession and the sense of these concepts like rule of law, like uh, uh, right uh, to express uh, your opinion, like independent judiciary and so on. Yeah, only, thank you. On, only, only, only uh, mass violations and only your... Um, when you take part, uh, like a defender in these mass violations, uh, it can provide uh, real understanding. I want to talk a little more about the day-to-day -day challenges attorneys face in their work, given that they perform a vital part in the justice system in every area of practice. Have only the politically sensitive cases gotten harder to work on, or is every case being impacted? Uh, as I understand, uh, uh, the legal profession uh, does not exist in isolation uh, from society, and yes. and the, and this is a very social profession. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Therefore, the processes um, in the society are uh, certainly reflected uh, to uh, in the legal uh, profession, and uh, it's important to clearly understand what is happening in the Belarusian society. Um, I mean, after the mass protests of uh, 2020, uh, the situation has changed uh, dramatically even compared to, um, uh, to what used to be called authoritarianism. Uh, of course, uh, there are also people <laughs> In Belarus, uh, who try to ignore what is happening, or or pretend that uh, that uh, nothing special is happening, uh, and the the same message is uh, broadcast by state propaganda that everything is in order, that everything is all right, uh, don't worry. Uh, but in fact, 
uh, not everything is all right. I, I must underline that um, civil society was destroyed. Um, any structures of civil society uh, that uh, could unite people uh, and organize people for for joint action uh, have long been impossible. Uh, and uh, we are not talking about uh, political structures, uh, but about NGOs of any profile, about independent media, uh, about different communities in, in social networks and so on. Uh, in fact, uh, people uh, have been living under state terror for two years now. Uh, this affects all spheres of public life, including business, uh, including culture, uh, education, uh, healthcare, and so on. Um, uh, all opposition politician, uh, political leaders uh, have been arrested or uh, fled the country. Uh, tens of thousands of people went through arrests and violence. Uh, of the thousands of allegations of torture, um, not a single criminal case was initiated. Uh, at the same time, thousands of people are prosecuted for political reasons, and many of them are taken into custody. Um, and it's impossible to calculate how many people were fired. Many thousands of people uh, left the country. Uh, in fact, uh, for two years now, society has been uh, in a state where any person can be arrested at any moment and no special reasons uh, are required for this. And there are no legal instruments uh, to effectively protect uh, oneself from this. And um, in such a situation, it's difficult to imagine that uh, some area were not affected by uh, what is happening. Uh, of course, uh, two categories of lawyers were primarily under attack. Uh, these, uh, those uh, who first category, uh, those who provided legal assistance uh, in the political process, of course, uh, such as Maxim Znak, uh, whose arrest I have already mentioned. Uh, and the second um, category, uh, those who led uh, the defense of opponents or the authorities from criminal and administrative uh, prosecution and challenged the actions of the authorities. Uh, but if uh, dissent is persecuted in the country and if the courts and state uh, bodies begin to think that uh, the rights of people are not important and feel impunity, then gradually all areas of the legal sector suffer. Uh, and uh, um, you know what's going on? Um, lawyers are uh, being demotivated in all areas, in all areas of legal practice. Uh, lawyers see uh, that legal arguments uh, will not succeed 
and they begin to focus on practice, uh, not law. Uh, they begin to focus on practice uh, even uh, when it is against the law. Uh, that is uh, a unique situation because uh, such a perverted version of, uh, of the custom uh, arises uh, when uh, lawlessness uh, repeated regularly becomes the rule. And, of course, uh, this directly uh, contradicts the principle of the uh, rule of law. This is, this is the answer. And you also spoke about how the bar has changed and that um, random disbarment as a punishment is customary today in Belarus. So it seems like there's no independent representation of lawyers in Belarus today. Um, so, and you also told us about several hundreds of attorneys who didn't, who said they couldn't practice anymore under the circumstances um, in Belarus today. So is there any kind of representation or connection between those lawyers who don't want or can't practice anymore? Is there anything in opposition to the bar association which is now dependent on the state? There are seven bar associations in Belarus. Um, they have been established in uh, six uh, regions and in Minsk. Uh, attorney must be a member of, uh, of the bar association and uh, these associations are Uh, united in the so-called uh, Belarusian Republican Bar uh, Association. Mm -hmm. And as I said, uh, uh, the level of the legislation, uh, the bar associations uh, were deprived of uh, their independence. And if the law of the bar of uh, 2011 uh, gave the Ministry of Justice almost uh, unlimited powers uh, in relation to attorneys, and in relation to bar association, uh, then uh, the changes to this law in the spring of 2021 uh, not only deprived us uh, of uh, the opportunity to create independent uh, attorneys bureau, but also assigned the Minister of Justice a final role in the formation of bodies of bar associations. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, the Ministry of Justice uh, gives its uh, con uh, consent to candidates uh, for the governing bodies of the bar associations. Uh, I mean, the chairman, uh, members of uh, the council, uh, heads of uh, legal advice offices. Uh, but in fact, the Ministry of Justice appoints members uh, of the bodies, of these bodies, and um, at the same time uh, has the authority to terminate their licenses, uh, conduct attestations, initiate uh, disciplinary proceedings, uh, and conduct inspections. So, uh, as a result, uh, members of the bodies of the of bar associations are dependent 
on the state, on the Ministry of Justice. And their position is loyal uh, to the Ministry of Justice. And the governing bodies of the bar uh, are unable to, um, to fulfill the main task. I mean, to defend the independence of the profession and uh, the rights and interests of attorneys. And the behavior of uh, the bar associations has changed uh, since the end of 2020. Um, the bar associations uh, withdrew themselves from resolving issues of mass violation of the rights of attorneys. And they showed passivity in relation uh, to the facts of persecution of attorneys. But uh, changes uh, made to the law in the spring of 2021 have taken away uh, what remains of the independence of the bar associations. And most importantly, uh, what happened is that the bar associations not only keys to play the role of defendant uh, lawyers, uh, they have become a tool of repression against defenders in politically motivated cases. Uh, with the help of disciplinary proceedings and uh, exclusion from the bar, uh, I, I, have, uh, I think I have already uh, talked about this. So in uh, July uh, of 2022, a Congress of Attorneys of Belarus was held and at this Congress, the chairman of the Belarusian uh, Republican Bar Association, his name Alexei Shvakov, proclaimed that uh, the duty of a lawyer is to protect the interests of the state. <laughs> that is, uh, the leadership of the bar uh, has demonstrated that uh, the bar associations are united with the state apparatus. Um, so, unfortunately, bar associations in Belarus uh, do not meet the essential features of a, um, of a professional bar associations as an independent, self-governing and self-regulating organization. And they have become like state bodies. Uh, and they do not fulfill their task and their duties to uphold the independence, professional interests, as I say. Uh, they not only demonstrate passivity and loyalty to the actions uh, of the state uh, that destroy the independence of lawyers, but they themselves have become a tool for suppressing freedom of speech, uh, the principled position of lawyers, punishing lawyers uh, for their professional activities and depriving them of their licenses and uh, that is uh, there are no independent bar associations in belarus now uh, and my colleagues and i uh, lawyers who have uh, been defending human rights at the and the independence of the legal profession since the beginning of the political crisis in 2020 we take on the role of representing lawyers, of representing attorneys. Uh, uh, it, the institution of the bar is actually destroyed and uh, the bar in Belarus will need to be created anew. To conclude, 
I want to ask you what does the rule of law situation mean for the profession and for Belarusian? To conclude, I wanted to ask you what does the rule of law situation mean for the profession and for Belarusian society at large? Is there hope for change? And what kind of support do you need to defend attorneys and protect their work in Belarus? Uh, here I can give uh, a short answer. If the independence of attorney suffers, then attorneys become vulnerable. The risk of losing a license will put pressure on attorneys. Uh, this means that many of them will follow self-censorship. They will be afraid to use all the tools of a lawyer. Uh, in this case, uh, they cannot effectively fight for the rights of clients. And that means that, uh, that people do not receive effective defense. People themselves uh, become much more vulnerable in this case. Uh, the right of citizens to defense is simply depreciated. And in this case, no rule of law is possible, I think. Um, it's difficult to imagine the independence of the bar in Belarus while maintaining the current political order. After all, an independent bar like an independent judiciary are tools for achieving the rule of law. And the rule of law is about uh, limiting executive power in the state. And if the government uh, does not want to be limited by law, uh, then it will not want uh, the existence of an independent judiciary and independent bar. So as long as there is no turnover of power, the rule of law and the independence of the bar are hardly possible. There are no legal means uh, that could really change the situation for the better right now. Um, the future of the legal profession in Belarus uh, depends primarily on political changes, but uh, there are people um, there are people who share the values of uh, democracy and uh, human rights. So there is a future and life does not stand still. And uh, if you think in a longer term than uh, the next months, uh, then right now you can see the legal means uh, using which today you can influence the uh, achievement of our goals tomorrow. And um, the experience of the Belarusian bar was subjected uh, to a deep analysis uh, and compared with the international legal standards of the profession. Uh, an action, uh, action program was formed to revive the legal profession. Uh, about this report, which is called um, The Crisis of the Belarusian Bar, How to Restore the Right to a Profession, Right to Defense, I'm sorry. Uh, it was prepared by Belarusian attorneys who have a great expert uh, potential and uh, presented on the 1st of October in 2022 uh, on the basis of the European Humanitarian uh, University in Vilnius. Uh, this is the most uh, profound study of the problems of the Belarusian bar, 
will be able uh, in English soon. Uh, so based on our conclusions, uh, I would know two points of uh, a strategic, strategic uh, nature for which we need help. Um, item number one, uh, new approach for bar association. I mean, uh, those structures uh, that in Belarus are only called bar associations, but do not correspond to their characteristics and uh, do not fulfill the task of uh, professional associations, should not be recognized by bar associations. And the second point, a uh, new attitude to the concept of attorney. Uh, I think... The point is that uh, human rights lawyers uh, have universal uh, competences and such lawyers, uh, even if they are deprived of a license in their homeland, for example, in Belarus, uh, it's appropriate to recognize attorneys as, uh, at the international level, in particular in uh, Europe. And uh, this, I emphasize uh, that we are talking about practice in the field of human rights, of course. Uh, as for the tactical tasks in which we need help, uh, there are four. Uh, four of them, those who are deprived of a license uh, need to earn money. And uh, this is uh, especially true for those who are in Belarus. Uh, and they uh, could be helped by remote work in some projects. Uh, it's necessary to maintain and develop professional competences. Uh, this would help to provide opportunities to participate in educational programs. Uh, and we also need support for our research. For example, it's important to help promote the report uh, that I mentioned about. And uh, it's also important for us to have uh, the opportunity to speak with the international legal community. That is. Uh, participation in such podcasts, uh, invitations to conferences uh, on the legal profession. Because our experience can be useful to you, as uh, they say, <laughs> it's better to learn from the mistakes of others. <laughs> and uh, we need to comprehend your positive experience. All this can help not only right now, but also of the future new bar of Belarus, for which we need to work today, and we are working. Thank you so much, Dmitri, for talking to us and for the impressive and very brave work that you do. This was the second episode of Defending the Defenders. We will be back in two weeks with an episode on Afghanistan. We will talk to Shatman Slay, a commissioner at the Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission and currently a visiting researcher at the University of Ottawa. Our second guest will be Matthias Lehnert, a migration lawyer from Germany who will take us through the shortcomings of the European migration law system exemplified by the situation for Afghan refugees fleeing to European countries.